This episode of To The Last Drop is sponsored by the Listen Audio app, where you can stream all your favorite radio stations, catch up on the latest news and entertainment, and dive into captivating podcasts all in one app. Download Listen. That's L-I-S-T-N from the App Store or Google Play. The Listen Audio app, everywhere you are. It's time for To The Last Drop podcast with Liam Delcom and Brandon Nell. <laughs> I'm Liam Delcom and this is To The Last Drop. This week I'm flying solo. Colleague and co-presenter Brendan Nell is in Turkey. He's soaking up the sun, parting up a storm, no doubt. But while he's having fun, the show of course has to go on. This week we catch up with Lions scrum coach Julian Redlingeis. He will talk to us about a number of different topics, obviously the scrum because that's his forte. Uh, he talks to us about his concerns for, for rugby. Uh, he obviously has a view or two on the 7-1 split as well. Later in the show, we'll catch up with content creator extraordinaire Donovan Goliath, who's uh, created some wonderful stuff during the Rugby World Cup and thereafter. Julian, thanks for taking the time. I much appreciate it. I know you, you guys have a very busy schedule and also you've just come back from a, a taxing tour. Um, and speaking of that tour, uh, a couple of encouraging um, results and, and performances. I mean, what do you, what do you make of the Lions' uh, start to this uh, URC campaign? Yeah, thanks for having me, Liam. I think I would like to start with that. I was hoping this chat's going to be at Afrikaans, but yeah, I'll try my best English. Uh, to get back to the tour, I think uh, you said it. I, was, I don't think the results was as encouraging, but the performances was. I think where we are as a team now, we could see massive growth and week on week, the stuff we work on and, and to see that improve. The most important thing that we want to see and that we have been seeing is the fight in the guys. And I think that's what the public's also been feeling is, uh, is the guys stay in the fight. They keep mm. working hard. They keep um, fighting for the next next set, and it's like all the games that we have lost, we've only lost within seven. So we got an easy mm. bonus point. All of them. You don't want to lose, but if you lose, you want to get a bonus point. So yeah. to see that fight was encouraging, and the growth in the pack or in the whole team. The last game against us, playing them, they're tough, mm. and we were in control of the game. We had two soft moments, and that cost us the game. Mm. But we had good control of the game. So if you think performance-wise, I think there is growth there. Yeah. I mean, Ulster is one of those Balfours, one of the, uh, the toughest places yeah. to go to in the competition. So I take it that that performance, um, you can you can take confidence out of that. Mm. Yeah, obviously, you know that feeling after loss. You're always heartbroken. But I, I think you could see the guys like feeling shit, guys. We're better than what we believe. Mm. And, and that's how belief starts growing. You do better than you thought you could do. And then you're like, okay, we can do a little bit better, a little mm. bit better. And I think that's where our group is at. So it's good to see. It's encouraging mm. to see. And it, it's also looked, and I, I have to say this is from a distance, but it did look like there is a bit more mongrel mm. uh, in the Lions. Yes. And a bit of dog. But I was lucky to see that. Yeah. That's why I fell in love with rugby. I was I remember watching Bucky's and Donnie and those guys, and they were just climbing into rugs and yeah. tackling and never giving up. And I think that's what we can see in our team, and I'll be part of that. Yeah. Mm. Is there a bit more continuity in this team, and is that one of the reasons why we see uh, there is a bit more confidence? Um, yeah, a that's, a, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think that's if you look at successful teams in the history of all sports, you will see that the team stayed similar mm. for a lot of years, especially the core group. And I I think we in the past years haven't had that we recently only we've gotten mm. back to getting some continuity so we retained most of our group got a couple of guys in but we didn't we lost a couple of guys which is always sad but the majority of the core group stayed the same mm. and and we're keeping this majority of the core group for next year as well and that's 
in, I believe that makes a big difference, the continuity. Mm -hmm. and, and tell me about uh, South African franchises and to maybe the, the degree to which they share things, whether it's Intel, uh, whether there's alignment from SRIB in terms of how you do things. Are, are there sort of things that you can take out of the way, maybe the Springboks do things mm. and apply to, you know, to, to you? I think, uh, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but my opinion is South Africans are flippant tough. So if you look at the Springboks, you know you're going to get a tough set piece. You know you're going to get moors and scrums. They're going to be tough there. You know the guys are going to come around the corner. They're going to carry on. Mm. If you run their channels, they're going to take you on. So I think all the franchises in South Africa, and us speaking to all the the top uh, the all top 14 teams, the URC teams, the foreign guys, all of them says the South African guys brought a physicality to the game, brought a set piece. So it's a different picture to what they used to. Mm. So I think in that sense, all the South African teams are the same. And you can mm. even see from schoolboy level, South Africa because it's just tough. Yeah. We like contact and we're good in contact. We're strong boys. We, so I think that we take, and then obviously us watching the Springboks play one, two World Cups back to back now. And what they do is really simple, basic, but it's tough. And I think all the teams take a little bit of that and we pride ourselves in that as a nation and then as the Springboks and then as the franchises we've been going in South Africa. Speaking of physicality, uh, the Springboks have uh, developed a particular modus operandi and it's, it's as if they've accentuated that, the things that make them strong. Yes. They've started to underline that. And by that I mean, if you look at, uh, say, a 7-1 split on the bench, mm. playing to their strengths. Yeah. Um, do you have any distinct uh, views on that and maybe how that could be applied in URC? No, I'm a forward, so I'll go for 8-0 as well. <laughs> <laughs> No, joking. I think what the Springboks do really well and, and what I think Rossi and Jock uh, as coaching and the management group, they do really well. They create a sense of belief within the team. So whether they go 7-1 or 5-3, doesn't matter. The pack, or the, the team will buy into that, the, the squad as a whole. And, and what you said now is they've used that bench and especially the forward so well that it's almost become a topic. How many times did we talk about like yeah. the 7-1 split or the 6-2 split and the bomb squad coming on. Mm. So they know they've got great forwards. And even the guys that didn't even make the two packs of the Springboks, the guys in the third pack, they're also really good. Mm. So they know that's where we've got strength and they've got versatile backline players. Mm. And them as a squad, they didn't start like that always. Mm. Only when the squad developed now, yep. they started playing towards their strength. So for us, URC, I think it's every team's different. You play towards your strengths mm. and towards what you feel the game needs for the weekend. Mm. Um, yeah, so for us, we've, we've gone 6-2 for the last, uh, last two games now. Probably go 6-2 again this weekend. And that's because we feel we've got good guys that can replace those guys and forwards that are working mm. hard. And we've got backs that can swap in. So you don't mm. need uh, three backs on the bench. You can only have the two that can... Uh, and all the spots are covered. Mm. And then you can have a fresh back coming on. Yeah. Which means you've got the guys that are working hard. I have to say that as a forward. The guys <laughs> working hard, they can get a get a good couple of minutes and and then you know the fresh cars are coming on. Mm. Well, if you do 6-2 often enough, then surely 7-1 is, <laughs> is not beyond your reach. I'll have a chat with the back coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, I suppose it does create a lot of buzz and, and people talk it about does, it. Oh, it does. But I, I'm not sure if you know the history. I'm not sure if there's been any other teams that's gone 7-1. No, no, so not yeah. so, certainly not at World Cup or in the test arena, certainly yeah. not. So the box of certainly, um, yeah, done... Yeah done supremely well in, you know, deciding to do it yeah. that way and being successful at it as well. And being successful at it, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, obviously, you have a sharp focus on, on the scrums um, mm -hmm. and it comes back to what we spoke about earlier, the continuity within the group. Uh, do you feel that there again, that you are taking strides in the right direction? 
Yeah, what is unbelievable? We just scrum now against so the whole franchise was here. We even had the youngsters in scrumming against the top team. So what is like we had four packs all scrumming against each other, all doing mores against each other. So what is unbelievable to see is a guy like us, are still a youngster, but he's has, has two seasons behind his name now. Uh, unfortunately, we lost to Andrea, which is really sad. As one of the senior titans, he's he broke his arm, so he's out for a bit. But the guys stepping up and the whole group as a whole is growing, mm. and it works like that. If if our train against a good player that both of us get better mm. so what I'm seeing at the union at the moment is because we have a better continuity the guys are getting better individually and then as a unit as well which mm. is good to see as I know we've now spoken about continuity quite a bit but um, as the sort of profile of the typical Lions player changed over the last while since certainly since you stopped playing and mm. started coaching you know I think the Lions brand is quite unique in the sense that we, uh, when we started here, Coach Akis and Coach Swayze, they wanted to play a, a mm. running brand of rugby. Mm. And yeah, we're trying to do that still now. Mm. And uh, obviously, yeah, with the European conditions, mm. there has to be a little bit of adaptation. We, when we played in New Zealand, Australia was always a uh, winter game. So it wasn't, mm. you didn't play in rain quite often. Now, when you go overseas, it's winter time and summertime. You play throughout the whole year, you play in bad weather. So you have to be able to adapt to a game. I think that's where we, uh, we've grown the most hmm. is to be able to adapt but our style remains the same which means then our profile also has to remain the same hmm. I think if you compare Asa to myself he's about 40 kilos heavier than I was <laughs> and a much bigger boy but he's got more skills than I ever had um, so we still have ballers and we want to move the ball and, and, and it's like it's played that style of back we yeah. enjoy yeah, I neglected to ask you earlier when talking about the scrums. Um, if you look at the way um, you know the, the line scrum has developed over the last while, um, clearly it's something that you know it's a box that you can tick. Uh, if you look at the way the spring box have scrummed for the longest oh, time, it's a big yeah. box that they were able to tick. Um, and we've we've heard these murmurs, um, especially from the northern hemisphere, uh, about how the game gets bogged down in the scrum and it's not rugby and it's Talking like nonsense. <laughs> yeah so obviously I mean I, I kind of knew what kind of answer I'd get out of you but I mean do you have any concerns that the game might actually just go that way where the the uh, the desire to make the game a spectacle will kind of overtake the traditional sort of corners. No, that's a great question. I think what they are doing to improve it has been working well. So the refs are taking way better control of the scrums in the sense that they will, we won't have five reset scrums in a row like we used to have. And that even for me as a spectator, you get bored because you mm. sit there, scrum, reset, scrum, reset. Whereas now the ref will play two scrums at most. Mm. If it's resets, they'll make a decision. Whether it's right or wrong, you'll make a decision. So mm. I think for the game, that is better. But I think the more, that's also one of the things I talk about, the more mm. taking that away in the scrum. But I think if you ask any forward playing, even the backs, I think, <laughs> will agree yeah. to this. It's a big part of the game because it's where you can have legal dominance. Mm. Uh, if you do it really well, it's a place where, you, where if you get scrummed, you walk away there with your head down, you feel down, it almost drains your energy. Whereas if you get a great score, you've seen the guys high five each other. So it's a, I think it's, a, I have to say that, but yeah. I think if you ask the backs, they'll also say it's a great part of the game. Just the way they manage it to make sure it remains a game for the spectators. Because I think that's where the finance comes from. If the yeah. people aren't watching the game, mm. they won't be financed for the game and then no one will get paid, then the sport will die down. So mm. it has to be a balance in my opinion. Yeah. As long as there's a fair contest, because I mean, that's yeah. the central tenets of all of this. Yeah. Um, 
Is, is there anything in rugby, uh, whether it's uh, on the field, whether it's the way the game is being officiated, whatever you can think of that, that leaves you a little bit cold that you are concerned about for the sport? Well, I think it might be harsh of myself saying this, but I've, I've said this in this post. Why I fell in love with rugby is because it's tough, uh, because guys can tackle each other flat out. At the moment, I know there's reasons for it because of the player safety, which, and I know there's a lawsuit going on, so there's lots of good reasons for it. But I just, I don't like it when it's like a good tackle, mm. but the guy's head's in the wrong space and it's not on purpose. On, obviously, yeah. if it's foul play, the guy does something stupid on purpose, uh, uh, putting other player's safety at risk, then obviously red card, yeah. yellow card. But at the moment, you're just seeing like guys doing really well, putting in a massive hit, and it's just a little bit unfortunate and not definitely not on purpose. And the guys mm. get red carded, yellow carded, and I'm just scared that it almost takes the toughness out of rugby. There, mm. like if you think of Bucky's but I think he would have had <laughs> 20 red cards in one season because of the way he played. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there is good reasons for it. So I say it tongue in cheek, but I, I I think that's the one area I'm just a little bit concerned of is that we are going to lose that. Tough. And that, that's what I enjoyed watching. It's always got flying into each other's massive contact. Um, uh, so I hope that's going to still stay there. Mm. This is also uh, a show in which we discuss wine. Um, if it's not wine, then maybe beer or I'm whatever. Um, I, I know you're a man that loves brying. I mean, you, you, yes. you, you, I'm a pro. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what are you most likely to um, sort of wash down the... Uh, the bride meat that you consume. Yes, I'm definitely a beer man. 100% beer. Uh, any type of beer, whatever the boys are drinking, I'll drink beer. But You're not then, fussy about the brand or, or whether it's no, ale and or it's a No, and I do enjoy trying different craft beers. Okay. Uh, if I have to go buy for myself a six-pack tonight, I'd probably cost a lot looking after the figure, trying to look after the figure. That's not craft. And then, No, that's not craft. <laughs> and then if, it's, if we're out at a restaurant, definitely try, like, ask them what mm. beer... Yeah. Like sells well because I like to try different beers. And then mm. Black Label with my dad, he enjoys a Black Label with me. If you go hunting, definitely Black Label. Mm. And you try to get it in the courts. Mm. So then that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the vibe. And then obviously the later if we get, uh, probably go over to Brandy. Mm. With Coke Zero for, uh, also to watch after the food. I was about to ask, does it have to be Coke Zero? <laughs> yes, in my case. If the boys are drinking Coke, I'll never say no. But if I can buy my own, I'll buy Coke Zero. Okay, so you're not a seasonal drinker where the wine in winter, not the wine, the beer in winter sort of takes a backseat to, to no, no whenever beers my, that's my go-to <laughs> only time I drink wine is with my wife or with my mother-in-law that's only time I drink wine <laughs> Julian thanks for your time much appreciated and thanks yeah, for coming on to our show yeah, flip. you're a machine and keep doing the good work you're with Brendan Nell and Liam Delcom on the To The Last Drop podcast for the second part of our show we move away from the rough and tumble uh, of on-field action uh, we're going to focus a little bit on how fans experience the game away from the field and how they experience it with their phones or with their, their laptops. Uh, with me, a man that I know very well, and it probably should be a bit of a dis- disclaimer, he's a brother in more ways than one. There we go. Um, I, I, and I don't know how to describe him, actually, because he is a content creator. He's a creative spirit. He's a former comedian, although the comedian doesn't actually ever go away, does it? No. Uh, a man that uh, left an indelible mark on the advertising industry as well. He's a man of many talents. Donovan Goliath, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's taken a while for me to get on this show, but I think you found the right time and the right reason for it. This just makes absolute sense. 
It's good to be here. Yeah, you, you're right about the timing. I mean, I feel it's that the timing is also perfect because we've just come from this huge high in the World Cup. Um, where people experience the World Cup, uh, they experience it differently. Uh, you know, there are people who go to the ground, there are people who watch it on television, um, but they are all, I think the common thread is that people also experience it on their mobile devices. And of course, you created so much content uh, on the back of the World Cup and beyond the World Cup as well. Um, uh, firstly, what, what got you thinking in that direction um, in terms of World Cup and how has that experience been? I started noticing a trend, uh, you know, of people you know, saying that this is the first time they've ever watched rugby, let alone the World Cup, you know. This is the first time because they got pulled into the spring box, they got pulled into the hype, um, and there was just so much conversation happening around it. Um, and this all started with me. Well, I had, you know, previously gone with a brand that had taken me to, um, to, to watch the SA Island game. Um, and I, you know, needed to make some content there. We won't dwell, dwell on no, that. No, 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 no. I thought I'd just move on from that yeah. very, very quickly. And, um, I made some content for that, uh, you know, as, as a brand uh, partnership. And people seemed to love it. You know, I think they loved the, the, you know, they almost felt like a plus one in this mm. whole experience. Like yeah. I took them onto this, you know, on this journey with me, you know, walking through the streets of Paris, seeing hundreds of South African fans in Springbok jerseys everywhere. And I guess kind of just documented and told mm. it in a very fun, very entertaining mm. way. And so, so, so people, you know, loved that. And I, I, I could, I got a sense from, from, from just reading a lot of the comments that, you know, they wanted a little bit more, you know, mm. how much more can we create out of this? And came back to South Africa and, uh, then uh, it was the SA France game. You know, there was a lot of hype leading up to it. And, you know, people were kind of having their own conversations around it. And you know how it is. You get mm. very fun banter that happens between SA fans and French fans. You know, a lot of that happens. So I thought, well, you know, let's take it a little bit further and go beyond just a, a tweet, uh, you know, whatever mm. it is and comparing stats. And let's make something fun. Let's make something graphic, something entertaining that I guess plays in the meme universe. Yeah. But I also just wanted to make content that people we're going to share that mm. people could relate to. So the first piece of content I made was um, it was Maguinhas versus Poissant. It was the battle <laughs> of the of the pastries or baked goods. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that just went crazy. Mm. It was so crazy. So I didn't put my name on it, and you know, people started sharing this, and they would screenshot it. And oh dear. So there were three people who sent it back to me, going, "Oh, this looks like your work." <laughs> well, it is my work, yeah. and. Um, I got so much positive feedback from it that I thought, no man, what this is, this is something, you know, there, mm. there aren't many people uh, creating this kind of content for the World Cup, making it fun yeah. and exciting. And I just went for it and I gave myself this challenge to do at least two or three a day. At one point I made five a mm. day, you know, and they were very... And, and this is just you driving yourself. There's nobody telling nobody's you... Nobody's telling me yeah. to do it. This is all just me. You know, there's mm. no partnerships at all with any with any brands. There were no briefs. Um, but what I was playing off of, so it was all just reactive content. So as something happened, mm. uh, you know, I mean, you talk about the SA France game, Cheslin Colby and the charge down, you know, everybody was speaking about that. So I thought, gosh... Um, there must be something I can do, you know, because it's such a relatable moment and it was just so like embedded in people's minds at the time. So mm. I started creating a lot of things around that and 
that started getting a lot of traction. So the, the French part of what I was doing for the World Cup, there was just so much to play with there. I was about to ask, because there is so much out there, and obviously you look at things slightly differently yeah. than the ordinary person. How, how do you, and, it, and I know it has to be immediate, you have to process this very quickly. Yeah. How do you distill this in that short space of time? So I just go for, you know, I go, what's the most relatable thing here? Mm. I, I break it down to its simplest form. And when I piece it together and create the design or the graphic or whatever it is, uh, even that, you know, because it's social media and people are scrolling and they're moving very quickly, I don't want anybody to overthink. So I distill it down to its bare bones. I make it as minimal, minimal as possible so that a wide range of people mm. can understand it. Um, and, and the trick here is to try and create content that you know people will share because if, if you see it and you go, oh, this is hilarious, mm. I'm going to share it with my sure. friends or my followers, you look like the funny guy who's just shared this piece, you know, and that's my goal all the time. But I think, you know, I, probably when I got to like the, the 15th piece, mm. uh, you know, people were invested now. They kept waiting for things. I kept getting comments and DMs, people saying, hey, man, can't wait to see what you do with this. Yeah. I can't wait to see what you do with that. And that put me in a nice uh, state of flow, you know, mm. and, and honestly, it's, it, it's, it's amazing how the brain works because you... You, you kind of, you know, channel um, and, and you create these little silos in your head on, on, on how you need to communicate and what you need to do very, mm. very quickly. You start seeing patterns mm. and, and, and putting together these puzzle pieces very quickly. Yeah. Um, I created a template, uh, you, know, and, and, you know, and going back to that simplicity thing, if I made it the spring box green and the spring box yellow, it already says spring box. You don't need to think about it. It's simple colors. And Unless it's a, sh- a, a shooter. Yes. Well, I mean, there's also that. <laughs> um, and, and, and it became such a nice, uh, um, yeah, I guess a challenge for me, a creative mm. challenge to see how much I can do till the very end. And of course, this extended, uh, you know, because the Springboks kept giving us a whole lot more content with... Uh, oh, the uh, parade. I mean, there was the parade. There was Damien oh, wearing <laughs> his clothes for a week. Uh, Ergia cutting, cutting everybody's hair. So there was just so much to play off of, you mm. know, and... I think people just loved a different side because, you know, this kind of thing, you know, very serious discussions about it, mm. but there's, there's something so refreshing about approaching it, you know, uh, in a very, very witty, mm. very fun, very entertaining angle. And it just, it was another way, I guess, of connecting people and just like bringing them together to support the Springboks. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I had a, a lot of Springboks players, you mm. know, Re- retweet the work, share the work, uh, you know, to their fans. And it just mm. got such massive reach. Um, and <laughs> I'll never forget, um, uh, I think it was just, yeah, I think we, we, we made it into the final and I was, I was dead already. Like I was, I was like, <laughs> I, oh, like I, <laughs> I almost, you know, a small part of me went, please just don't, just don't make it into the final, please. Or, and then we get into the final. Well, you're lucky like, I didn't go to extra time. Oh gosh. I'm like, please just don't win. Because if I, if you win, I've got to create at least three pieces from that as well. But, but that was all part of it. You know, it was so great to hit 50. Mm. I didn't even realize I had hit yeah. 50, you know, but. I built such an interesting fan base, people who never, never followed me before, who mm. didn't know who I was, who now started a lot. on, yeah. you know, all because of World Cup content. It's just, what's great is now they know what I do, mm. you know, and this, I don't even know how to describe myself, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> were, were you surprised that rugby, the, the sport itself, uh, has, has left those, those spaces uh, unpopulated. In other words, other people or, or brands associated with the, with the sport as well 
uh, haven't sort of fully formed. That, that yeah, I was I was so surprised uh, by that. Um, I, I, you know, I had a sit down with, with Cheslin Colby not so long ago, and you know, we were chatting about it because he was on this, um, what do you call it, uh, brand. Uh, Part, how do I even describe it? You know, like all the brands that he's affiliated to, um, you know, he was obviously, you know, having to make a lot of content for them um, uh, before heading off to to um, his new team. And and he was saying, you know, man, I wish I wish we we had seen a lot more, mm. you know, come out of out of the World Cup because there were so many opportunities. It was just mm. such fresh ground uh, to 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 play on, and and there aren't many who actually seize that opportunity. And I I found it quite surprising, you know, um, that there are a lot of big brands who didn't jump on it. You know, mm. people with major budget, people who could have upscaled and done, you know, work on bigger productions. But then I took a step back and I went, it wasn't even about big productions. Mm. You didn't need to spend, you know, a million rand making a big TV ad or whatever it is. You just needed to be engaged and, you know, create things that were, you know, very small bite-sized relatable yeah. moments that we could all share. But but I really was surprised, you know, and, and not just brands, I think individuals, like content creators. And there were a lot of people who were doing some really interesting stuff, but I think I just expected a lot more, you know, mm-hmm. when when there's something that everybody is tuned into yeah. and you have you don't need to explain the attention already. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like, you know, if when you're when you're a, a, a popular comedian, um you don't need to introduce yourself to people when they come to your show, you know, mm-hmm. just by virtue of walking onto the stage, you're already in, you know. Mm-hmm. The second you say, "Hey, yeah," they're on your side. It's the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I'm just, maybe I'm just I'm just incredibly talented. Mm. Maybe it's that. <laughs> so, yeah, I said, well, there is that, obviously. The, the, the next question I, I would suppose would be, um, where do you take this now? I mean, do you, do, do you sort of wait for big events or do you just jump in because you've got the, the attention of a rugby audience, you know, already? You know, I, I think, and I've been trying to keep that momentum going now mm. as much as possible. I think the worst thing you can do is after being involved and throwing yourself into something like that, you, you create expectation, you have people committing to follow you. Very difficult to follow somebody nowadays because, mm. one, there's so many platforms, uh, you know, yeah. we, we've followed everybody we can follow. And the second you commit to following somebody, you're expecting them to, to show up every single day. Or as much as possible. And I've tried, you know, to Mm. really just keep going and keep this thing building because I'm learning as well. You know, you you start to learn a style, you you start to learn a a rhythm um, and and you're able to to tell stories very quickly. And these kinds of things, it seems small right now, but, you know, somebody asked me the other day... um, you know, what does this turn into? Like, do you actually make money from all of Mm. this? And I said, not directly, but this becomes a catalog. There are 50 Mm. pieces that people can like sift through and go, wow, okay, Mm. I see how this guy thinks. Maybe we should call him so he can work on this bigger project project and help us strategize. Mm. And that's happened. You know, Mm. um, I'm I'm working on a a massive project at the moment that, I mean, I never thought this would materialize and it it has. And, you know, hopefully it's something that's going to carry on um, next year as well. But... It, it, it's the little things, you know, and, and, and I mean, this is every self-help help book, every mm. famous quote, quote you've read, you know, from a, from a top entrepreneur or whatever it is, um, has probably said the same thing. You know, you, you just got to keep showing up every single day. Mm. I mean, one of my favorite quotes uh, from a, a comedian, there's a bit of advice that he gave me when I was starting is, well, 
You'll never find your voice if you don't use your voice. And you have to show up every single day. And it's those little bits that just pile up. Mm. You step back and you look and you're like, man, I've actually created enough here to, um, you know, to, 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 I can let the work speak for itself. Yeah. You know, there's just enough of it now to, to, to really just go and tell my story. Um, and it's a two way street for me. You know, I, 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 I get entertained, you know, I mean, I mean, nobody knows this except my, my parents who are here watching the game, my sister and my brother-in-law and my wife. I had my laptop open. Mm. while watching the Springboks game, <laughs> the same way you were sitting there <laughs> yeah. writing the final. And I'm sitting there going, I'm just waiting, you know, for something to happen. And I've got about five minutes to put something together to send it out immediately. Because, you know, if there's a big moment that happens in a game, you, people are going to go on and want to have a quick debate about it. Oh, you know, do mm. you see that? that Thankfully, the TMO comes in so often. You've got a buzzy bit of time. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, it's just, and, and somebody just get injured just a little bit. Just like stay on the floor <laughs> while I finish this and process it. Um, and what I learned in that moment is, um, you know, trusting myself and, and, and just going with my gut feel and, and just throwing it out there and seeing what happens. I mean, the world's mm. not going to end if people don't respond to it. But... It was such a great, uh, it was such a great lesson because now I take that into what I'm currently doing now and just like, I'm just going for it, man. I'm just putting out as much as possible and you're throwing out ideas without having to filter them beforehand. It, it is what it is. Um, and yeah. And like I say, very difficult to describe what I do. Yeah. I think I'm just, I'm just an ideas, a, a reactive ideas, man. I don't know. Maybe at the end of this, we'll find, we'll find a title mm. for it and, and people will understand it a little bit more, but uh, um, yeah, waiting for the next big sporting event, <laughs> you know, seeing what's going to happen there. Fort unfortunately, you know, the, the, the pro tiers didn't make it through and I was hoping to do something big there, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we won't dwell on it. Look, um, I would have to say that uh, the, the stuff that you put out there was absolutely inspirational. Obviously, it got people talking, it got people laughing, which is which is wonderful uh, on social media. Which you know, it's it's something that people don't do often enough on social media. Yeah. It's become a, quite a toxic environment, uh, and it's not one I revel in. But you have created a wonderful space for people to um, to to revel in and to enjoy. So thank you for that, and thank you for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. Do we get to drink wine? Thanks for listening. And a reminder, you can find all the To The Last Drop podcasts on the Brendan Nell YouTube channel, iono.fm, Spotify, player.fm, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.